Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, crashing through the sky comes a fearful cry. Flops, flops. Brewskies of the night, beer pong taking flight. Flops, flops. Nowhere to crack, nowhere to chug. Panic spreading far and wide. Who can turn the tide? GI Hops. A real American Pilsner, G.I. Hops is there. Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back. This is the 181st episode of Hops and Box Office Flops presented by Wabam Entertainment. We are the internet's premier podcast for bad movies and mostly good beer and also some good movies because I love this movie tonight. And it is kicking off our look at All I Want for Christmas Flops, which are movies based upon either toys that we really coveted as children or in one case, a video game, which was a movie specifically made to market a video game to children. But we'll get there later. Tonight we have 1987's G.I. Joe the movie. I am the Thunderous Wizard, and along with me tonight for this venture into mystical Cobra La are the man who was kicked out of our rugby league for unnecessary roughness, Chumzilla. Pork chop sandwiches. And the man who gave his dog order fleas, Bling Blake. He finds the bombs. I drive the car. We tried it the other way, but it didn't work. <laughs> the crowd goes bananas. The crowd's not the only thing going bananas. <laughs> oh, Beachhead. I love that curmudgeon so much. He's fantastic. He... I. I'll talk about this later, but he he really reminds me of me as a college rugby coach, like just the straight up verbal abuse as his coaching style. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. He's got that down, Pat. He He's like the the drumming coach from uh, what's that movie with J.K. Simmons, where he's just reaming that that kid trying to get oh, the well, best out of him. whiplash. Yeah. Whiplash, well, because he knows he, yeah. he knows he's going to be the worst Mr. Fantastic and he just has to break him down now. I mean, yeah. Oh, if no. I knew what was to come for that kid, I would mentally break him too. You'd have to. Top Gun's fantastic. I don't want to hear anything else. So, points of order: you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Bale Flops. You can find Wabam Entertainment at W O B A M E N T on uh, Twitter or Instagram. GI Joe the movie. Uh, you can buy a sweet Blu-ray from Shout Factory, which I own. Uh, or you can get that digital rip for $6.99 currently on Amazon. Otherwise, uh, you can't really rent it, but you can stream it for free on YouTube. With lots and lots of ads. Boy, there are a lot of ads in that one. Like right in the middle of the scenes, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is so annoying when they do that. But um, it is a legit like high-def uh, transfer, though. It looks good. But there's just a ton of ads. I yeah, was, I watched it on my TV and it was it was great, but yeah, ads. I was too lazy to grab my Blu-ray 
last night. So I just bought the digital version. That way I can take it everywhere with me. Oh of course God. you did. Yeah. Of course yeah. you did. Uh-huh. I love this movie. So uh, let's talk beer. We're drinking uh, Space Camper Red Spectra IPA. It's a red IPA uh, from Boulevard Brewing Company. It clocks in at a Captain Cash disapproved 5.7 ABV. And it carries a sweet, rich, and roasted malt flavor with notes of tropical hops and aromas. I chose this beer because on the can there's like a red ninja. And since Snake, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow are really the two coolest characters in G.I. Joe, I thought it fit. Plus, Jinx is eh, theoretically a red ninja. Yep. No, that counts. Yeah. And if you don't like Jinx, I'll give you a knuckle massage. It sounds actually very appealing to me. <laughs> she doesn't really clarify what that entails. You can assume I don't know it's I... punching somebody, but maybe she's just really good at uh, knuckle massages. I'm yeah, I'm not I'm not touching that one. We know that she hooked up with Falcon. That dude loves knuckle massages. Fact. Uh, Yeah. Okay, so uh, I would give this. I give it the three three full bad movies. I I like it. It's good beer. Nice. No, uh, it's got some interesting can art, and I'm just disappointed I couldn't find it because I mean I've got boulevard beers down around me but no place i could track down this guy i actually yeah i was i'd never seen it before and i i was picking up like different singles and i got a few of them so uh back to the movie gi joe is directed by don jerwich who produced a bunch of other cartoons and even directed 24 episodes of spider-man and his amazing friends no way yep it stars all your favorite voice actors from the original show, such as Peter Cullen, who did Xandar, Nemesis Enforcer, and other characters. Ken A. Holiday as Roadblock. Frank Welker as Torch and Wild Bill. You've got Chris Lotta, of course, as Cobra Commander. And then this movie, just like Transformers, the movie which we did way back when, has some star power in it, like Don Johnson as Lieutenant Falcon and Burgess Mick Mer- Meredith as Globulus. What a great turn by uh, old, old Burgie Meredith. That was a fantastic showing from him, for sure. I mean, oh. He is definitely the Orson Welles of the movie. For sure. And you get my boy Sergeant Slaughter as Sergeant Slaughter. I met him at Disneyland one time. The what? actual person, not the cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> what? Awesome. Did he put you in the Cobra Clutch? No, but he did shake my hand. And even as a little kid, I was like that. That really hurt. He went for the full on like full shake. intimidation handshake. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Put her in the old vice. Yeah. Did he say, did he tell you at ease disease? Yeah, probably. I can't remember. I was very excited, but he had the sunglasses. I remember the sunglasses and the, and the campaign. There's only two ways you walk through Disney bling Blake on your feet, like a man or an itty ditty bitty bag. <laughs> itty bitty ditty bag. <laughs> so. We talked about this on our uh, Transformers, the movie pod, but this was actually being made before Transformers. It wound up coming out after Transformers. And because that movie flopped so badly and so did My Little Pony, this is actually a direct-to-video release. So it never got a chance to uh, save the box office like it did the world so many times over. Uh, It has seven reviews on Rotten Tomatoes currently, and it's at 43%. That's shame on all of you. This is a hundred percent fresh in my mind. Um, I've got to ask the question, T Dubs. How did you first view this movie? 
Did you get it on VHS? Or yeah, did I had you watch it as I had the. the VHS. Uh, okay, see, I think I saw it as like the five part miniseries. I think it was four or five parts. They split it up and aired it on TV, and I believe that's how I first saw it. No. What about the, you? What about you, Bling? Uh, I am with the Thunderous Wizard here. Uh, you know, growing up, most of our VHS collection was recorded from like ABC's Sunday Night at the Movies. Uh, this was one of the few movies in the VHS, you know, pull out rack drawers that uh, that we actually had the, the the box art for. It was it was a legit purchase. Nice. I loved my GI Joes. I would rent. I loved. Obviously, this cartoon was on when I was really little, and this is ne- 1987. And now I own the Sunbow series, not not the follow up, which we'll talk about later. But mm. yeah, I would rent. Like I rented Arise or Pentor Arise. I remember from my local video rental place, and I definitely rented this many times over, and then eventually had it on VHS. And I have. I still have well over. 150 GI Joes sitting at my mom's house. So some of them are here and I have to repair them. But yeah, yeah, I love GI Joe. So one sentence descriptions. How would you describe this movie in one sentence, Chumpzilla? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I would say that this is GI Joe the movie is what happens when you get the guy who directed several episodes of Spider-Man as amazing friends uh, on a slight acid trip uh, uh, and somehow turning G.I. Joe into a sci-fi episode like Monster of the Week X-Files. Okay. Uh, sure, sure, yeah. I, I feel you on that, Chumzilla. It did feel like G.I. Joe on a mushroom fever dream. Like it was, yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, my one sentence is G.I. Joe fights the QAnon lizard people. Mm. <laughs> so I like it. Yeah, I, I like that one. Because mine is really a children's cartoon with a plot so good, several $250 million movies stole it. <laughs> and, and I can actually describe them to you. Black Panther 2 stole the plot of this movie. <laughs> We were forced into the sea. Now we're going to reclaim everything. Bow before our mighty armies that don't have technology, but will destroy you. And, but and but they need the technological MacGuffin from the Earth people. Yes, exactly. Uh, you've got the amazing Spider-Man, where the lizard is just going to unleash his mutagen across New York. Also, that is the plot of the first episode of Spider-Man and his amazing friends, except it's the Green Goblin wants to turn everybody into goblin people and the original michael bay ninja turtles which has the same exact plot (laughs) we're gonna unleash the ooze (laughs) on new york and then you'll all be mutants so you know as you mentioned uh t-dubs Sepentor existed before this movie yes but i had and i had to ask this question because my memory was a bit foggy but cobra la and the other fantastical elements of this movie did not so this no, movie really introduces new, yeah. a lot of new characters and a totally new spin on the, like basically the G.I. Joe mythos. Um, I just remember as a kid, I just remember being blown away by, by that uh, because it was a big departure from the standard, more straightforward, good guy, bad guy, vague terrorist plots. Well, the thing was, right, you never knew really anything about Cobra Commander. He was just there. 
Yeah, and always sort of weird, right? He had the mask. His yeah, voice never, was a little weird. Yeah, never saw his face. So you get his origin in this movie, which is that he was this citizen of Cobra Law sent to do what Galabulus is now ultimately trying to do. And then Serpentor, which you don't know when they're retrieving the DNA from all these old warlords and, and uh, you know, dictators or whatever to, to make him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that idea was planted in Dr. Mindbender's brain by Globulus with, again, like a thing like, it's like, oh, that, you know, like how many times has that little thing been used? Inception. Like This is the first time we knew of Inception. And suddenly it's like a very viable thing. No wonder I had no problem dealing with that Christopher Nolan movie when it came out. I was I was yeah, coached same. into it early on. That's right. Maybe that movie was just implanted in our brains by Cobra Law. Because we were all once a man. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. I but like, but was he? Because he if he was a citizen of Cobra Law, he's one of the weird vision people. So he why, was like, how could he be? Was he a man? He was a blue person, yeah. Yeah, That's he was a so, he was man-ish. There's a lot to unpack in this plot, so go slowly for me. A lot, yeah. So the actual description of this movie is the heroic G.I. Joe action force must oppose the ruthless Cobra organization that is secretly allied with a subterranean reptilian people who were their founders. <laughs> now, you did call them the lizard people, but for the most part, they just look like people. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, we do see some citizens of Cobra Law. Yeah, they're mostly people. Um, you know, but basically the only branded uh, Cobra Law citizens are Globulus. You've got Nemesis Enforcer. You've got the Royal Guards and Pythonia. Yeah. Everyone else just seems to be civvies and for the most part. Pythona, like, has, I guess, like, reptilian elements to her she's got the the claws that ooze the stuff but she looks like just a a woman yeah yeah uh nemesis enforcer has wings so Mm -hmm. do with that and so do the sort of the royal guards right don't they come flying in or they had the big giant swords that they could jedi block they can spin laser beams yeah and then globulus is half man half lizard he's sort of like medusa Except he doesn't yeah, try to get a stone. He just cracks your vertebrae because he's a G. Yeah. Yeah. He's clearly mutated, though. He's He's yes. been augmented somehow. Yeah. He's got like half one green arm, one regular arm. He just, spent a lot of time with the spores, clearly. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's he's huffed a few spores in his day. He was, he was on intervention for huffing spores. <laughs> That's how he got all these crazy ideas of world domination. Who hasn't been there? Oh right, I went to the I went to the Mac school where we did the mushrooms. You guys went to the one where they just drank beer, yeah. green beer, lots of green beer, which Galabulus I think would be a fan of. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into the plot of GI Joe the movie. So after a myriad of failures, Cobra Commander is on the hot seat with his corrupt cronies, and then an opportunity arises for Cobra to buck their legacy of losing. Pythona, a mysterious deadly woman, requests her pentor and his minions help her steal the BET or broadcast energy transmitter from G.I. Joe. By the way, this movie is also ahead of its time. It's trying to create perpetual free energy for everyone, knowing that the world is destroying itself. So Iron Man and uh, which which movie did he have the uh, the thing to create the energy for New York? G.I. Joe did it first. Bitch cakes. Well, all of them, I think, is the arc reactor. But also, uh, that's an old uh, Tesla thing. 
Yeah. Uh, Nikola Tesla was big about the trans. He, he, he had big ambitions of transmitting electricity wirelessly between towers, which is effectively what and, this device uh, is. What was the song that Idiot did in Sorcerer's Apprentice with the Tesla coils? <laughs> Watch oh this. This will this will oh. get you going. This will rev your engine. And we're back to the Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Two. Everything. Uh, so, anyways, yeah. they do get the broadcast energy transmitter in a battle with GI Joe, but Serpentor is captured. The rest of Cobra flees the forgotten world of Cobra La. So it turns out Double C, that's my nickname for Cobra Commander there, he's actually a Cobra Law citizen. He was originally dispatched by Cobra Law's overlord, Globulus, to bring their waning civilization back to glory. Now, we do get a whole backstory on what the hell happened to Cobra Law. Turns out the Ice Age, not great for them. Nope. Cold-blooded lizard people can't handle uh, the big freeze. Uh, yeah. I did really enjoy getting the backstory behind Cobra Commander's mask, though. I thought that was nice. Like, because in the show, he just has a mask and you don't really know why. So it's good to know, like, oh, yeah, that's why. Yeah. I mean, it, as a kid, it was also kind of terrifying. Like, he, he he's exposed to the mutagen and he ends up with a bunch of eyeballs. Growing a bunch of eyeballs. And then so they send him out. He fails miserably, obviously, because if you've watched the show, the show is all building to this moment. Like, all right, we're done with you. You're a complete buffoon. They throw him under the bus at a little council of sorts where he's you know, mm -hmm. noted for his cowardice and everything else. I find this kind of interesting because when you compare this to the Transformers, Cobra Commander is clearly Starscream. But there was never really a Megatron. And now that we have Serpentor, you have a bit of a Megatron there. But the dynamic is still not as good as Transformers. I'm sorry, Serpentor is no Megatron. Well, I would disagree with that. But you, to each their own. So Fine. his failures in the real world are going to cost him dearly now that he's back in Cobra Law. Uh, before we get to that, uh, Cobra has to bust Serpentor out. And they still then need to go on and steal the BET. Thanks to Horny Falcon, they inevitably inevitably do both. Lieutenant Falcon, who's mostly concerned with the pistol inside his pants, uh, is the reason that Serpentor is able to escape because he leaves his post to flirt with Jinx after seemingly sleeping with one of the Dreadnoughts, who fools yeah. him into showing him their entire security system. I mean, he he's trying to get laid, so he gives up all the intel. And they and they bust him for it, and nothing bad happens other than he gets guard duty. And and then he goes and does it again. Like the next thing he does is screw up his job again by trying to get laid from Dude. a girl that he obviously like rejected at some point. It's quite a flex to tell the person who's reaming you out for leaving your post or for catching you leading a total stranger through this top secret facility that you're an officer and you're pulling rank. It's like, wait, I'm minute. an officer and I'm pulling rank. You're a junior officer. That's yeah. not how rank works. So I was confused. Even I think at like four, I was like, isn't Duke a Colonel? It's like, it doesn't work. This, who does this dude think he is? I, I would love to hear a second Lieutenant tell a Colonel like, now nah, I'm pulling rank. Like, Okay, you're getting kicked out of the military. So, I mean, at no point in the film, because he is a new recruit, does he even train with the rest of the recruits until he gets 
he gets sentenced to go to the slaughterhouse because of his failures uh, guarding Serpentor. And then he learns to become a man because honestly, you can't survive in Sergeant Slaughter's world without becoming a man. Well, there's only two ways to leave his command. It's yep, standing up or in a ditty bag. In it, an itty bitty ditty bag. bag. So they come back after figuring out what Cobra is up to by storming the Terror Dome. Uh, but Co- Cobra is able to get the BET. And Duke takes a snake to the chest for his troubles. And yes, he was supposed to die, kids. But because it went over (laughs) so poorly with all the children crying into their popcorn when Optimus Prime died, they edited that out. Yeah, I I think it's hard for people not of our generation to understand the trauma of watching your robot dad die on screen. Like Hasbro learned a very, very important lesson with the Transformers movie and the absolute uproar from parents because they were so upset because they took their little boys to go see the robot movie and they all ended up crying. Yeah. And so this children's cartoon was supposed to also feature a funeral scene for Duke. (laughs) They pumped the brakes on all that. So just imagine a world where Transformers comes out uh, doesn't come out first, excuse me. And we get Duke dying with the funeral and then they have to pump the brakes and save Optimus Prime. <laughs> like the, it would have gone both ways, I'm sure. I, mean, that, I, that I got to tell you though, there's way. so much other murder in Transformers, the movie, who would have really noticed? Uh, I don't know, man. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, that movie is surprisingly dark, I, which I like it better for that. I mean, it was... Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing too. I mean, I can't, I can't, you know, emphasize this enough. You're four or five years old. Most kids haven't experienced death yet in their personal lives, but Optimus Prime was all of our robot dads. That was intense. And the, the thought of 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 making four and five and six year old uses watch a cartoon funeral, like I was bawling at tony stark's funeral i can't even imagine what how emotionally distraught i would have been at five years old watching duke die from a snake spear and and honestly even in his death scene that it's his coma scene in the film it's still they really milk it for the emotional pull like if you uh, i've read you commentary from people that worked on the movies it's like yeah if you turn the sound off and don't read the captions it's clear he died oh yeah like the animation (laughs) at the end it's very clear he's he's dead um so as i described to uh, bling before we started the podcast i used to root for cobra i was team cobra so duke getting taken one of the chest never bothered me i was more bothered by the fact that nemesis enforcer winds up going out like kind of a hoe when (laughs) sergeant slaughter just beats the shit out of him yeah, he just gets chucked into the crevasse. Yeah, so we're going to get there because now there's only one thing left to do for G.I. Joe. They've got to go to Cobra La. They've got to stop them from basically getting these spores to uh, percolate in space because space would be too cold for them to hatch. But with the broadcast energy transmitter, they can hatch and they will poison the world. Uh, so they show up, you know, they kick ass. You get all the good, you get all the appropriate fights. You get Pythono versus Jinx. Uh, you get Falcon, you know, for fun, some fucking reason, getting to be the big hero. And he fights uh, Serpentor and Globulus to a degree. 
and mm. you get Sergeant Slaughter just straight wearing Nemesis Enforcer out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just delivering a beat down. And to your point about uh, Falcon, uh, he's clearly supposed to be the Rodimus Prime of the movie. And even if Duke had died, though, nothing in this movie really sets him up to be a likable character. You're not rooting for him to be the hero at the end. It's kind of a weird setup. No, he, he and, and that's the thing with the shitty thing about creating these movies to basically sell toys. Because Cobra, yeah. I want those toys. I think those toys are rad. Falcon could mm. care less. They didn't even make a big lob toy. I love Tunnel Rat. I like Jinx. Uh, Chuckles is lame. He seemingly is just a play on Tom Selleck from Magnum P.I., Yep, um, not does not have a line in the movie. Nope. Law and Order. He's a big dumb animal that rips yeah. the missile off of the side of the ship. And but it. you wind up your big hero moment inevitably when you're trying to sell toys goes to a character nobody cares about. Yep. So Snake Eyes probably, I mean, isn't he universally believed to be everyone's favorite G.I. Joe? Has nothing to do in this movie? It's done dirty. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. I, I will admit, you know who the low key MVP of the film is. You didn't even mention it. It's definitely Roadblock. Roadblock. Yeah, he gets a lot of good moments because he, he ends up. Uh, he's got like hear no evil, see no evil going on with Cobra Commander as they escape Cobra Lock. Yeah. Hey, whoever wrote that little bit of the the movie with Cobra Commander slowly reverting to a snake as blind Roadblock has to work with him to navigate through the wilderness and the, the the tundra that was great to me that's like the best part of the movie like man like that was that was interesting like it was i you know and not to mention the whole thing with cobra commander i mean he's got an f- interesting arc in this movie and that that as a kid his origin story and his his reverting back into a snake thing kind of freaked me out it was well you actually a little bit of existential horror there you feel for him a little bit because yes. he seemingly probably never even wanted to be put in the position he's put in. Yeah. And, and he's slowly losing his humanity. Yeah. In and a horrifying fashion. It's, they show it's him very like, like Twilight Zone and his shit's it's intense. Chained up in a giant clamshell. And then he gets the spores and they throw him in with the other prisoners. And it's like he's being punished for a mission he never wanted. Although, obviously, you yeah. watch the show and he is kind of a dickhead throughout most of it but yeah well well obviously but i mean yeah they give us the backstory and it's like you know he's like i i met a brilliant scientist and so i made him a military commander like oh yeah that's what we do with our scientists put him in charge of the the army yeah and globulus is kind of like a huge dick so like nothing is he's like the dad that nothing's ever good enough for he's just putting people down constantly he's like i'd expect that idea from your feeble brain it's like what it's like dude you've been sitting in your friggin uh you know rascal for the last 600 years doing shit <laughs> you're trash talking everybody yeah i i did find his like snake tail reveal as a kid to be a little underwhelming i'm like okay i mean i'm not shocked like now there's some cool animation when he comes out of that thing at first oh no it, it's cool don't get me wrong but i'm like okay you know the toy not, was not exactly so lame that. though I I think the Cobra La three pack was pretty badass. Well, I loved the Royal Guard. I love Nemesis Enforcer, but that tail was like rigid as could be. It was mm. not. It, it was not well made. That thing. 
I, I do have memories of just like a globulus with the tail snapped off. I, f- I feel like that thing they didn't didn't hold up real well. Could bend, man. Yeah, it wasn't so much a snake as like a like a folding rod. You could knock somebody out with. It's like a blackjack. That thing, slapjack. <laughs> Anyways, so that's the end of the movie, and they go, "Oh, it's okay. Duke's alive. He's in a coma." <laughs> that was the added audio to make sure kids wouldn't cry. Yeah. Uh, but they're like, "Who cares? It's Duke. Duke sucks." snake eyes i'd be crying <laughs> yeah i'm still worried about cobra commander is he okay we checked on him well don't forget you know, after he, he goes he full snake back. he still gets into that sweet one-on-one snake battle he comes back which um i'll talk a little bit more about in the quiz because this was supposed to lead directly into season three of of the sunbow series of gi joe that mm. never happened instead um they found someone cheaper to make the cartoon waited for a few years, brought it back, um, lost almost the entirety of the voice cast outside of Cobra Commander and a few others. And then into season two, they lost everybody but Cobra Commander. And the show just looks a lot cheaper and it's not nearly as good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you ask Canadians to make a show about real American heroes. Yes. Shots fired. In seasons three and four, they, they no longer fight. They just have a, a cold pint, eh? That's it's got some Elsinore, eh? Yeah. So. Let's just talk it out, boys. So what do you think? How many beers are required? I'd say zero. I could watch this movie every day if I wanted. I mean, my kids started watching it with me not that long ago, so they've seen it a bunch. I've seen this movie many, many times. But I'd give you two to three enjoyment beers. Uh, if you don't have any nostalgia for it, you're like, why are you, you a grown man watching cartoons? Uh <laughs> But if you have even a little bit, you play with G.I. Joe's or you remember the 80s fondly, this holds up pretty well in my mind. What do you think, Blake? Blake? Yeah, I mean, I going into this, uh, I certainly had a lot of nostalgia because I remember this uh, as a kid. I thought I was going to enjoy watching it again for the first time in 25 years a lot more than I actually did. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go Four beers for the 90 minutes. Um, give me two pain and two enjoyment. I don't know. I, I really wanted to like this more than I actually did in watching it again. Um, I thought that I didn't enjoy it. I, I did, but it was all because of the nostalgia factor. Wow. So, yeah. You really you are being Chad. There's a lot. There's a lot of flashing lights. It's very loud. Uh, I don't know what's going on all the time. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Uh, I'll give it three beers. Um, I remember this movie very fondly, um, watching it as a kid on first on TV and then and then seeing the uh, VHS. Um, but yeah, the plot is pretty nonsensical. Like it, I can't, I lose track of where the different groups of people are. I can't tell the difference as an adult between uh, Falcon, Hawk, and Flint. They're all the same generic army guy. Uh, it helps that Duke gets taken out of the equation because at least the blonde guy gets eliminated. But then it's just a bunch of other dudes I don't understand. But no, uh, and and honestly, for me, the animation doesn't hold up all that well. Um, I, I remember it being better. It seemed worse than I recall, but. What saves this movie for me is that Roadblock and Cobra Commander little arc. I love that. That that still is enjoyable to me. I got a kick out of it. So that's why it's just three beers at like an hour and a half long. I mean, it's not a long movie, 
But uh, yeah, I can see why this uh, went straight to video. Because personally, I know the Thunderous Wizard disagrees with me, but I enjoyed the Transformers movie much, much more than this. And that movie is still kind of a mess, but at least it has a weird house on. Uh, I mean, everybody knows you're an idiot, so that's a, it's okay. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so that's going to lead us into our first break. And when we come back, we've got some lingering questions about 1987's G.I. Joe, the movie. So hear from our brothers and beer over at Hop Nation USA, and we'll be right back. Hey, everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Hello and welcome back to the 181st episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, and we are talking 1987's G.I. Joe the movie. So I've got some lingering questions about this seminal movie in my life. The first being, should Duke have died? Bling, bling. I mean, from a movie for children's standpoint, should Duke have died? No. From a let's make this a better movie with some more emotional gravitas and actually give uh, Falcon the motivation to become a better person and like avenge his brother's death and actually become the likable character that this movie wants us to believe that he becomes, then yes, I think you need to have that because I don't think the, the coma thing is the big enough motivation, obviously in the world where we have all these laser beam weapons and cool vehicles and stuff like pulling some out of a coma from a snake spear impolation is not that big of a deal. So yeah, needs True. more. And from what I read, they wanted the movie to have more weight to it because I guess criticisms of the show were that like, well, nobody ever gets hurt. It's like the A-team conundrum, right? Like nobody ever gets hurt on the A-team. You always see people getting out of the flipped over car or whatever, but it is a kid's show. Now in saying that, narratively duke's death makes a lot of sense here because he does die to save falcon which would then ultimately put falcon over the top now this movie does that so much better than say the second gi joe movie starring the rock where they bring channing tatum back just to like kill him nonsensically in the first 10 minutes of the film and it hits with zero weight so it's hard for me to believe that a cartoon from 1987 is so much more confidently written than a $200 million movie from 2012. And let's be clear. The rock is the worst version of roadblock or the worst version of roadblock than the moment we get in this movie. Oh, hundred oh, yeah. percent. I didn't even realize he was supposed to be roadblock. That's terrible. Yeah. He honestly, he's, he's heavy duty. If anything, he's not roadblock. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? Uh, Chumzilla. I'm glad Duke didn't die just because it saved us from that awful funeral scene. I, I think that would have that would have been a little just a little too much because here's where I'll kind of flip-flop my previous statement. The robot death is one thing in Transformers, but to have an actual human being die and get a funeral in a cartoon, it seems a bit much. So I'm glad they went with the coma route. It uh, it works just fine, and there's plenty enough room in the uh, in the ranks for both Falcon and Duke. True. Okay, so 
Number two, favorite scene or moment from the movie. Chumsley, you can start this one. Oh, uh, I mean, I've already said how much I enjoy the whole Cobra Commander roadblock thing. But as a kid, my favorite parts of this movie were anytime Nemesis Enforcer was on screen wrecking shot. Because every time I watched this movie after the first time, I kept thinking to myself, okay, when does the guy with the wings and the claws on his forearm show up? Because that's the coolest part. Yeah, when he straight up rips the dude out of the like tank comes yeah. up out of the ground and like rips the bottom of the tank open and just throws him out of it that's tough also there's that great silhouette shot of him with the wings spread yep standing at the top of the throne room it's money yeah yeah that guy was awesome badass name too right very very uh so what do you think bling blake favorite scene or moment well, I think you guys know already that I am a sucker for training montages. So it's kind of a tie between um, the first one uh, with, um, I'm drawing a blank, Beachhead, and the Sergeant Slaughter, Slaughterhouse training montage. I'm not sure which one I liked better. I think I liked Beachhead better. I think he got yeah. more of the funny quips than slaughter did but slaughter had some fantastic ones too i I like both of those okay yeah so i i don't know if this is cheating but i would say the opening song with the animation of them having the battle at the statue of liberty i think that just is incredibly awesome i love it and outside of that i'm going with them storming the terror dome where you get the round one between Nemesis Enforcer and Sergeant Slaughter. And you also get the great moment where they're about to escape. And Red Dog's like, just leave them. And Sergeant Slaughter's like, we all go home or nobody goes home. And then they go storming back in. And then you see kind of how big of a bitch Serpentor is as he's like gently slapping <laughs> Falcon. Yeah. I, you know what? That's what really struck me watching this again as an adult serpentor is kind of a bitch but that's he's not he's not really the alpha dog taking over for cobra commander that i remember that's sort of the the you know the the ultra patriotism of of the this line of toys and cartoon and movie is that look at how cowardly the bad guys are they're such weaklings they they talk very good they're weak yeah Yeah. they torture by open hand slapping people Because they're all cowards from the twins on down. You've got the dreadnoughts who are just morons. Yeah, at least they seem genuinely menacing and perhaps they could do some bad stuff. The rest of the guys seem like kind of pompous jerks. And I'm pretty sure that the twins... I'm pretty sure that's uh, that's David Spade's parents, you know, from PCU. Yeah, but "Mm, you got the twins. And if if one of them gets hurt, they both get hurt. Yeah. Uh, Cobra Commander, obviously, always a bumbling fool. Uh, there's frequently like the lies, lies. <laughs> uh, Galobulus, another straw man. They're it's just like they're written like in such ways where they're just totally pompous clowns. Uh, yeah, you know, and it's kind of it's kind of tough in a movie because you expect somebody to be the big bad, and they're all just kind of like it's more of just an endurance game. Ah, if we just string this out, these guys will screw it up well on that's kind of why you get that big moment where serpentor does murder duke right yeah like because in his fair when he gets fair. captured duke beats the shit out of him 
He had it coming. Throws him into the BET. And he's like, uh Hey, man, you don't want to get thrown into the BET. Don't start a fight in front of a BET. True, yeah, man. Yeah, you know, you don't... don't start none, won't be none. Yeah. And how does everybody get to the Himalayas so fast? Like, I don't understand well, that. That's, that's the biggest like, thing. Rainforests, Himalayas, is everywhere. Cobra, is Cobra's going from like this secret ice den in the Himalayas to a swamp somewhere in America? <laughs> And back clearly and back in the back. Everglades somewhere. And yeah. why are we letting, why is G.I. Joe letting them build giant fortresses with like security guards and private armies on, on their Obviously own territory? Obviously a big military. Yeah. 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 What the hell's going on? It's yeah. shenanigans. It's not Give like me another beer. I want plan. five beers for this. Five well, beers. And, and the Joes get split up in a couple of different teams and they have all these scenes where they're talking to each other and communicators. And I'm like, wait, who's where? Who's with who? There's a lot of moving pieces in this movie. It gets it gets a little hectic there. Is this where anyway. we say not not that kind of movie? Hey, it's, it's, it's definitely not that, not kind, that of kind of movie. movie. Uh, brings us to question three. Who is your favorite G.I. Joe? And who is your favorite Cobra? Now, of course, you could go to suit the movie. Who's your favorite new addition to the franchise? Which I think we'd all say probably Nemesis Enforcer. Yeah. But G.I. Joe-wise, if I was going to say new addition, I love Tunnel Rat. Tunnel Rat's a great-looking toy. And he's not as cool in the movie, but I, I do love Tunnel Rat. He a was great a looking great toy. toy. He he had that the the little the, the pistol and flashlight, right? Like he was yeah, cool. Yeah, he's great. Uh, and for, if, you're, if we're going straight Joe Cobra, not just new addition... I'm eliminating Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow because those are the clear picks. Oh, see, as a kid, I was a Snake Eyes guy all the way. He was the coolest toy. Everybody wanted to be Snake Eyes. Everybody. Because he's a ninja yeah. and he had a dog. Yeah. I was, Timber. I was, yeah. I think I was more of a Storm Shadow guy, like, you know, because he was kind of he like, he was the white ninja. I don't Again, I thought it was cool. He's a, you're the same cool character. Action, very cool action figure, though. Both it's the both. same character colored differently. Yeah. I mean, I know how this works. Well, no, and Storm Shadow, he came with the bow and arrow. Uh huh. Which yeah, was also pretty, that was pretty rad. Yeah. Um, I love I'm pretty Zartan. sure I lost that immediately. I was, I loved Zartan, the, the leader of the Dreadnoughts. But uh, if I'm going Cobra, Major Blood, and he's not really even in this movie. And again, like that's what happens when you shortchange oh. beloved characters for, for new ones. I loved Major Blood. And I love Beachhead too. I love Beachhead, yeah. but Sergeant Slaughter. So, Can't as him. a kid, as a kid, I was definitely a Team Cobra guy because their their toys and action figures were the coolest. But Way cooler me, than the GI Joe characters, because a lot of the early ones were very generic. I mean, they started to get a little more sci fi and weird toys in, but the Cobra guys were always cooler. Uh, well, so for me, though, all right, hold just, on. Just... Before you even do that, I'm going to give you a okay. piece of interesting trivia because there is an yeah. episode of the toys that made us on Netflix about this, and there's a deleted scene you can find on YouTube. And when they originally made the 1982 line of toys, mm-hmm. they sent, I guess, the proofs to Marvel, who was going to be doing comic book stuff, and they said, "Well, you got a problem here. You don't have any bad guys. Who are the bad guys?" So they they they're like, oh. So Marvel essentially came up with the idea for creating Cobra because you can't just have guys with nobody to fight. Yep. And so even in that first line, there's only two Cobra toys. There's like the Cobra Viper and there's Cobra Commander. And then it built from there, but they didn't have anything. And I think so, Cobra Commander was like a mail away. Yeah, he might've been. I do say. have an, I do have one. The, fir- the, the first one, I think. Mail away. It might've been the Commander. fabric mask one. 
Yeah, yeah. No, Fabric Master no, he, was might have been a male. Uh, yeah, he had in that he, series. He that, still had the. Now that's the that's the original. Mask. That that's the original one without the swivel arm. I think the swivel arm version of Cobra Commander was carded, but I think the original was uh, a mail way. But but yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting just from a toy perspective here, since you brought it up, T-Dubs, that Marvel is responsible for the backstory of both Transformers and G.I. Joe because they were both just generic toy lines. Uh, you know, the Transformers were robot toys from Japan uh, that Hasbro bought the molds for and wanted to market to the United States. And then, yeah, effectively, G.I. Joe just started out as like a generic soldier toy, but they reached out to Marvel and said, hey, we need a backstory. And they came up with a lot of the stuff that became like, you know, canon to those franchises. Yeah, because that's what they always were when they were essentially just boys Barbies in the 50s. Yeah. They were just like, oh, here's the astronaut. Here's the jungle commando here. You know, they didn't have Mm -hmm. they were just generic things like, hey, G.I. Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have any of the 12 inch tall GI no, Joe's? I no. I did like I got a bunch of the ones when they like did it again in the 90s or oh, yeah, late yeah. 80s. Like I got a bunch of those, but I don't have any of the OG ones. They were so cool. No, no, ne- never, never got on that bandwagon. But I'll just say this as far as being a kid, my favorites were always Snake Eyes, which I know that's kind of cheating, but still and Destro, because I always thought he was pretty gnarly with the chrome dome. And both those characters get completely underserved in this movie. They don't do crap. You don't see Destro really outside of that opening scene where they're holding the kangaroo court for Cobra Commander. After that, he's gone. Yeah, you yeah, even get rolls at, over. at least a Baroness moment where she goes and she's yeah. the one who figures out where they're hiding the BET. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of you know, like the characters I just love are barely in the movie. I lo- like. At least they gave Quick Kick a speaking part. He generally didn't speak in the cartoon. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's actually voiced by the guy. He's He was on Lost. He's one of the doctors. But he also was the actor who was in the Shredder suit Ninja Turtles 2. What? Yeah. No way. Yeah. That is a fun fact. How okay. about them apples? Okay. Before we hit the break, Bling, who were your guys? Well, I grew up in Ohio, so I am very vanilla. So early on, I was always a Duke guy. Like, give me the leader. I was going to be that guy. But that's lame for an answer uh, in in this particular instance. So Beachhead was my favorite in the movie. He was fantastic. I liked him as a as a, as a toy too. He, had, you know, he had the the ski mask this whole situation. So I always liked Beachhead. Um, and like I said earlier, he reminded me a lot of myself as a rugby coach. Um, but I think my favorite for the movie has to go to Snow Job just because that's his name. Snow Job. <laughs> <laughs> He's Snow Job. Uh, Gung Ho's awesome too. Uh, one, two, three, four. I love the Marine Corps. Cobra, you said I can't pick Storm Shadow, right? Can't. Um, no Storm so it's Shadow. Gotta, so it's got to go to Snow Serpent. Snow Serpent was cool. Okay. He was yeah. just another like snowy guy. Yeah. I, I like how in G.I. Joe they created basically androids for Cobra just so that G.I. Joe would be able to kill stuff. Cause I and I love the design of the bats. The bats, yes. Yeah. And they, uh, they don't get they don't get nearly enough. Do we even uh, see one in the movie? Yeah, they get blown the few of them get blown they up. They get blown yeah. up. Yeah, they should have had way more of those guys getting blown up because that is very satisfying. They're cool looking. Uh yeah, they are. I love those things. All right. So 
We're going to take our second break. We're going to hear from our Wobam Entertainment brethren over the Double Turn podcast. And when we come back, we've got the Yo Joe Trivia Challenge. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Hello and welcome back to the 181st episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We are talking 1987's G.I. Joe the movie, and we are on to the Yo Joe Trivia Challenge. Gentlemen, tonight we have a standard five-question multiple-choice format quiz. You'll be playing for a weekend trip to the slaughterhouse. I can't promise that will be relaxing, but you will leave 25 pounds lighter and with a devastating case of shin splints. (laughs) The chimes are Eddie's disease or scuzz bucket or itty bitty ditty bag. Or you can stick with one of the pods, stalwarts, or feel free to choose some other line from the movie because I think this movie is very quotable. There's some quotes in it. When Sergeant Slaughter tells a giant nine-foot-tall man with wings that they're going to have to scrape him off the wall with a squeegee, that is a flex. (laughs) Yep. He did some straight-up, like, WWF style wrestle promo, like talking to people. Oh, yeah. Like, I oh, yeah. do you think do you think they they scripted that for me? They just said, "Hey, just, just do it. Go just do whatever you do. Yeah, keep it PG." I'm assuming his direction was just like, "Hey, can you just do like some PG Full Metal Jacket for us? That'd be great." You know, you just, just you do you. You you want to know it's heartbreaking for a young child when you love Sergeant Slaughter, love him. He's not only in GI Joe, but he's a wrestler. And then during Desert Storm or whatever it was, they turn him into a Iraqi sympathizing heel for, for Hulk Hogan to wrestle. And it's like, no, it's Sergeant Slaughter. No, he betrayed us. Dude, they did him dirty. Oh, that was that was something. That almost made me like lose faith in the human race. And then years later, I just completely have. So I guess really primed me. Just started it. Just get ready. It's all going to be downhill from here. All right. Number one. In this film, Cobra Commander is turned into a snake for his failures. What goes around comes around, though, because Serpentor was eventually betrayed by his legions and a returning Cobra Commander and turned into this animal. Is it A, an iguana? Is it B, a king cobra? Is it C, a cat? Or is it D, a monkey? Yo, Joe. Bling Blake. I mean, it. It seems obvious, but it's the first question. So maybe you're going to go easy on us here. I'm going to go with King Cobra. It is not a King Cobra. Red herring. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you took that because I, I vaguely remember this. Uh, Scuzz bucket. Chumzilla. I, I, think, I think they turned him into a an iguana. They turned him into an iguana and he goes scampering off into the woods as Naga Hyde, who is essentially Craven the Hunter, <laughs> chases him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brutal. And this was part of the DIC series. It was like the big return of the show. There was a mini series about them going after some mystical dragon's fire power. Mm-hmm. And Cobra Commander comes back and he's got that like 
sort of robotic suit. looking suit. Yeah. Yeah. As I used to call him cat Cobra commander, he looked like a robot cat. Yeah, his head, yeah. head had a weird shape. Yeah. That helmet he, was not hmm, like, not a, like, a, like a skinwalker cat. No, no. More like a, not even a jellical cat. Fortunately. Oh no. Oh no, yeah. oh, no. Like, like Felix, the cat, <laughs> like a robo cat. And I can post that to the socials. I can post the whole mini series. It's on YouTube. I went and looked it up just to be sure it wasn't iguana, and my memory had not betrayed me. All right, so it's one nothing, Chumpzilla. We've got number two. Serpentor was created from a concoction of DNA from some of history's greatest villains and conquerors. Which of these individuals' DNA was Cobra unable to acquire in their quest? Is it A. Napoleon? Is it B. Sun Tzu? Is it C, Ivan the Terrible, or is it D, Alexander the Great? I once was a man. Okay, Chumzilla. I, I think it's C? It is not Ivan the Terrible. Dang it. Eddie's disease. All right, Blink Blake. Sun Tzu? That is correct. They were not able to get Sun Tzu's DNA. We are one-to-one, and that brings us to question three, which feeds right off question two. When their plot to get Sun Tzu's DNA is foiled by G.I. Joe, which Joe DNA did they use as a substitute? Is it A, Duke? Is it B, Snake Eyes? Is it C, Sergeant Slaughter? Or is it D, General Hawk? I'm going to shoot... Bling Blake. Snake Eyes? Incorrect. Itty bitty ditty bag. Chumzilla. the crossover. I think it's Sergeant Slaughter. It is Sergeant Slaughter, which... Interesting. I I mean that's whose DNA I would want, but for the purposes you, of the show, I you know he becomes like a really big character in the crappier version of the show. Yes. Um, How did they get it? Was it by him going take this DNA? Yeah. So it turns out he has a twin brother that he never knew about. That's <laughs> that's a foot and a half shorter than him and looks nothing like him. Oh, so it's twins. Got yeah. it. Uh-huh. Pri- private mame. Yeah, I got it. Yep. So, uh, so it is two <laughs> general to one. inconvenience. Yeah. Two to one, Chumpzilla. We're on to number four. In addition to helming several episodes of Spider Man and his amazing friends, director Don Jurwich also produced this Marvel theme property in the 1980s. Is it A, Spider Woman? Is it B, The Incredible Hulk? Is it C, Pride of the X Men, which I owned on VHS, by the way? Or is it D, Spider Man? Yo, Joe! feels like an incredible hulk kind of guy to me got it it is the incredible hulk the 1982-1983 series by the way pride of the x-men was an episode uh it was just like a single episode where they were introducing kitty pride and i owned it on vhs um that is an amazing cartoon it's what effectively was a backdoor pilot for what eventually became, became the 90s yeah like uh the 95 x-men 95 96 x-men animated series but i also like that it's what introduced most of us to the australian wolverine Colossus. oh yeah australian wolverine australian wolverine <laughs> and you get a great you get a great colossus in that show yeah that's a great the pride uh pride of the x-men that is a great cartoon it's, it's very well done uh that's impressive because then the most famous wolverine is in fact Australian. Is in fact yeah. Australian. And it's right, right. And, and if you character that was supposedly uh, you know Canadian, but didn't yeah. get the part, it was going to go to a different Australian. So because Dugaray Scott 
was who they wanted to cast as Wolverine, and he chose to do Mission Impossible too. We all make choices in our life. Just love Aussies. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes you get Wolverine, and sometimes you get don't even remember the villain's name from Mission Impossible too. Nope, nope. I remember the virus. It's the Chimera virus. Ooh, yeah. Uh, okay, it's two to two. This is like cool person's club med you could go to if you get to go to the slaughterhouse. I'm pretty excited about right. this. Yeah. So here we are. Number five. Cobra La is more than likely a play on Shangri-La as it was believed to be inspired by this novel. Is it A, Snow Crash? Is it B, Lost Horizon? Is it C, The Forever War? Or is it D, Slaughterhouse Five? Scuzzbucket. Bling Blake. Hope I'm right on this one, Chumzilla. I'm going to go with Lost Horizon. It is Lost Horizon by James Hilton, which was a book in the 30s, I think. Uh, And Shangri-La is in that book. Cobra-La was supposed to be a placeholder name, and then the executives liked it so much, they never changed it. Which actually works perfectly in the film. No complaints. It it does work perfectly, but it just reinforces my position that marketing executives and hopefully i just spent a week at my company headquarters and told them all that i was doing this show with you guys so they're probably all going to listen and now be really upset with me when i say what i'm about to say which is that marketing executives are all overpaid <laughs> I, I i used to be in marketing um it's all liquor and guessing um i mean i'm a sales guy so that's what we say but still yeah right so, exactly no some i mean marketing is really uh you're it's pin the tail on the donkey and you see how many people are really bad at it. So like a lot of companies with a lot of money are very bad at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time. But yeah, no, no complaints for a kid's movie that fits perfectly. Yeah. Okay. So we're on to recommendations. Uh, Chumzilla, what do you have for us this week? Well, I wanted to recommend uh, a Christmas stories sequel that's out on HBO max, but oh, yeah. I uh, I really can't in good faith recommend it. I watched it. Oh, no. It was all right. Uh, the original is far superior. It is a cute movie. It does bring back a lot of the original uh, cast, include, including uh, Farkas, uh, which, uh, welcome back to the pod from Postal. You, you um, know, the, the kid who got his tongue stuck on the pole, he was like a porno star for a while. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. Yeah, I learned that on, on I Love the 80s. They brought that That's up. On fantastic yeah. flick. I wonder if he kept the same name. Uh, but anyway, it was okay. I mean, so your mileage may vary, but I didn't like it. But what I can recommend is that they do have, like, I think it's the first two or three seasons, which would include one of the, the not-so-good ones, uh, of the original G.I. Joe animated series are available for free on Tubi. Yeah, you can stream the the heck out of those. They're all yeah. there. Check them out. Yeah, so the nostalgia factor there is quite high. Uh, well, we yeah. almost made it all the way through the, the pod without a, a Tubi plug. Thank God you got that one in there. We're going to get I, that money coming in. I was yeah. starting to, you know, Jones a little bit there towards the end, so I had to get Well, you know, the, the Tubi executives created Chumpzilla by implanting an idea in Dr. Mindbender's brain. <laughs> they assembled him from the DNA of five of the shittiest movies ever made. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's that's just facts, folks. So, Blink Blake, what do you recommend this week? Well, I had a very busy week, but I spent some time on airplanes. Did you guys already recommend Bullet Train on the pod? I did because I saw it in theaters, but... 
I really enjoyed that. I'm, I I won't talk about it since we already did, but um, boy, I thought that was fun. I like it. Is it is fun, and it's on uh, Netflix now. So yeah, so check um, it out. My other recommendation, uh, also caught on the airplane, and I think we also were were tweeting about it a little bit this week, and that was Clerks Three. Uh, yeah. If you were a, f- a fan of, of of the Kevin Smith and the View Skewerverse, uh, Clerks Three, man, I really enjoyed it. I am not going to get into spoilers here, but uh, definitely did... worth your time. Yeah, when did that come out? Well, it's been doing Just... the, the circuit for a while, like in very small, limited theater runs, and he's been hosting viewings across the country. But you're able to rent it for I think six bucks because I did that. Okay. Uh, the other night. And I got to say, like, you know, I like most of his movies, uh, but I don't think he's ever done a character I like more than Randall, who, yes, is like a selfish prick, but I could just he's totally so imagine hanging out with that guy like every day of my life and talking about <laughs> ridiculous shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a mall rats guy, I like chasing Amy. And Jane Silent Strikes Back is it's it's okay for a Kevin Smith movie, whatever. But I have to admit, Clerks 2 was really funny. I love that movie. People it, people S on it all the time. And I yeah. love that movie. I it's, love it too. I, I, I think, like I, two and three think, better than the original. The the original is its own thing. Um, you know, it's a different kind of movie. You know, it's very much an independent comedy, whereas, you know, Clerks 2 was a little much more, more mainstream. And obviously it, come, it comes much later and after a lot of these other Kevin Smith movies, right? But yeah, I feel like that one gets left out of the conversation because it's a legit good comedy. I think it's just hamstrung by the fact that it's such an inside joke that you kind of have, you kind of have to have seen Dogma and Mallrats, uh, you know, more so than even Clerks uh, for that movie, the humor to really resonate. But like, yeah, for that view of skew universe, Clerks 2, that's kind of like the lost classic out of those, in my opinion. So I, I well, have to check out Clerks 3. You, you should watch it because Clerks 3 does such a nice job basically bookending the series and working in such a way with the first one. I, I thought it was it's a su- surprisingly emotional film. Like it really mm-hmm. hits you. Like yeah. you, you I only cried like, a little. It's not like nice. I hold these characters super dear, but he it's so well done it it gets you man say what think, you will about uh kevin smith but the guy can do decent dialogue and he does for all his dick and fart jokes he does understand emotions and and this movie plays so much more on emotions than dick and fart don't get me wrong there are plenty of dick and fart jokes to be had like it's still a kevin smith movie uh but i just i really loved it i i enjoyed it like you said uh thunderous wizard it it, it really does bookend it and uh I think it was just done super nice. Oh, it's I awesome. And really he brings it. he brings everybody back. Like everybody's the, back. The original girlfriend is back. Like the original, like the, the weird guy that's looking at the eggs is back. Yes. Like, everybody oh, is they back. They got the guidance yeah. counselor back. They got it's, everybody back. It's, it's incredible. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then one last one because it's Christmas season. Uh, I'm not gonna plug Lethal Weapon anymore. Uh, so I'm gonna plug another one of my favorite Christmas movies, and that's Bad Santa. Uh, we don't have to talk about it. I just think that's a one you have to watch every year. Okay, yeah, that the, I I love Bad Santa, but my wife holds Christmas in a certain light, and she will not watch that movie. It's like no, I have to watch it alone. Yeah, I'm with you. Same. Thing. I will not suffer. 
people slandering the good name of Christmas. Uh, I have two recommendations. First being Cobra, because this movie involves a bad guy organization called Cobra. But Cobra is an extremely terrible but wildly entertaining 80s action film starring Sly Stallone and Brigitte Nielsen. If you haven't seen it, you just you have to. It's such a vanity project. It's so bad. It it's it is edited in the worst ways imaginable, yet it is still so entertaining. Yep. And fun fact, I mean, this movie, the G.I. Joe movie, obviously has a rocky connection with uh, you know, with Mickey uh doing the voice of uh, globulus right it's over rock but also uh you might not know this t-dubs but did you know there was going to be a rocky I did, yeah. Joe figure he was going to be their, just their like, boxing trainer right yeah, well, and, and, the, and the, the marketing deal fell through so we didn't get a rocky yeah joe ended up being the cobra boxing trainer big yeah, boa big boa yeah it's go. it's one of those things. Of course, you do get the fridge later. Yep. And well, I, the fridge and Sergeant Slaughter. You know, yeah. those were like real people turned into Joes. And I, um, I have but, the fridge, which is a classic a, one. Yeah, uh, there's a great website called like 3D Joes. I want to say that catalogs all the toys and has 3D scans where you can like get a 3D view of the figures. It's a pretty cool website. But they do a little bit of a breakdown on some of the characters. And here's my last fun fact about Big Boa. Originally going to be Rocky, but when they went the Cobra route, they ended up basing the design of the character off that like, like S&M torture guy from the Beastmaster movie. The dude that in the leather gimp suit, they put the worm in his ear. What? Yeah. Yeah. They do an interview with one of the toy designers. He's like, yeah, we like watched the Beastmaster and they had that guy in the leather suit with the worm in his ear. He's all weird. Yeah, so we, we kind of just did that with him. And then when you look at that guy compared to the figure, like, oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, there's some, there's yeah. a resemblance there. Yeah. Big Bo is a just great a toy. Anyway, uh, sorry. Can, can I jump in again? Because I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Tomzilla, I, do, I didn't want to steal this from you with my recommendations. And also I did three. Sorry, I get I go out over recommendations. <laughs> uh but you know, everybody has to have their thing. I thought you were going to do it based on your uh, your intro today. Uh, if you guys haven't ever dug into YouTube and gone and found the Fensler Films uh, GI Joe PSA that they dub over, I, I know obviously you have uh, Chumzilla. They're fantastic. Yeah. TWs and I were talking about it before the podcast, and it made, made me jot it down. Like you know, talk about Internet 1.0. I mean, that yeah. was they're so old, but. Man, yeah, that was like fantastic. college years. That yeah, that was like pre-YouTube. That was uh, e-bombs world and whatnot. Uh, you no, had to go to FenslerFilms.com to watch them. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, fun fact. I actually uh, recommended. I think there was like an article. Might might have been like a something uh, detailing and chronicling how those came to be because the guy that did those went went on to work for the Tim and Eric guys on their uh, on their Cartoon Network uh, Adult Swim stuff. No kid. So that guy went on to get like a job in like offbeat, you know, um, the uh, you know the television comedy. Good for uh, him. Yeah, those, he deserves those are, it. Those are great. Those are great. And, and they're the still pork, funny. Pork chop sandwiches is my favorite one. <laughs> yeah, they're all very very funny. Uh, my second recommendation, and I'm saying this because you, I implore you listeners to get your butts to the theaters to enjoy every second of Violent Night with David Harbor. It's essentially Die Hard but with Santa as McLean, 
And there's just an incredible scene that's like an homage to Home Alone. So I had a lot of fun at Violent Night. And we can assume that Mrs. Wizard did not go see that. No, she did. And she's like, how violent is this going to be? I'm like, "Eh, watch the trailer. And she's like, fine, I'll see it. And she's like, that was very violent. I'm like, yes, it's it's called Violent (laughs) Night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they didn't. (laughs) Yes, it was. But she she thought it was all right. Yeah, she, she wasn't wild about it. I thought it was great. Uh, right on. Remember, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Flops. You can find myself on Twitter at WriterTLK. Captain Cash can be found at C A P T C A S H on most social media. Chumpzilla can be found at Chumpzilla Eight on Twitter. Mayor McCheese, who who knows if he'll ever return because he was killed by the Moon mascot of McDonald's in a battle for McDonald's supremacy. But he can be found at HBO McCheese on Twitter, and Bling Blake can be found at Bling Blake on Twitter. Uh, don't forget to check out Wabam Entertainment at wabamentertainment.com. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe and share ideas for future episodes because we're heading into season five in January and we'll be looking for new series. Wow. In the end, listeners, remember one thing. We said it before, but there really is only one way out of my command. On your feet like a man or in a ditty bag. In it deep. Bitty ditty bag. We'll see you next week for the next installment of Hops and All I Want for Christmas Flops with Mars Attacks. Was a man.